This is the official HITS training and consulting podcast. We are America's law enforcement canine training resource. We're raising the training bar for police dogs everywhere by discussing the intricate details of the training techniques used by the experts. HITS radio is merging the training world with the real world. You've been there. We've been there too. Welcome to It's Canine Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Meyer. I'm still here at the Western States Canine Association seminar. I did a podcast earlier today. That probably came out a week or two ago if you're listening to the podcast. But I'm sitting down with uh, one of the instructors here today. He did a, a presentation. He did a debrief on a couple of uh, officer-involved shootings that he was involved in. One of them is particularly canine-related. So I tracked him down and uh, asked him if he'd come on here, talk about uh, some of his experience in that particular incidence about, uh, you know, dog work, maybe what he learned, what we could do better. So he's got a lot of uh, information to share with us. So I'll introduce you to uh, Kyle Schoberg. How are you today, Kyle? Good, good. Hey, thanks for having me. Come on here. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And I appreciate you, uh, you know, doing debriefs and kind of uh, maybe exposing ourselves to the good, bad, and the ugly of yeah. things is, is not the easiest thing for us all to do. But I, I know you're uh, not uh, shy about sharing your story and talking about I'm sure the good and the bad and maybe what, what you could do different next time if, or, or what you could train for next time. So yeah. I appreciate uh, guys who will do that. So thanks for taking you know the time today. There's a lot of fun stuff to do here in Reno and now we're sitting here <laughs> yeah, doing absolutely. this, but, yeah. but I appreciate it. So if you could kind of just for my listeners uh, go over, you know, your background and, and uh, you know, how we ended up here today. Absolutely. So yeah, again, my name is Kyle Schoberg. Let's see, I started my career in 2006 up in a real small town here in Northern California. Um, well, I shouldn't say here, we're in Nevada, but Northern California, close by here by Tahoe. Um, I was 20 years old when I started, real, real, real young. Um, probably shouldn't have been a cop then, but um, I ended up getting picked up by this agency. They sponsored me the academy. So I did a few years there. Um, I, I went on the SWAT team there, so I have had a couple years sure. on, on SWAT there. I wanted to go to a bigger city, get that sure. you know, bigger, bigger city vibe, more, more action. You know, it was, it, in 2010, I applied at the agency that I'm at now in Northern California, um, down in the Sacramento region. Okay. And, um, you know, they were the only agency hiring during the recession time. So I applied with this department, ended up getting hired, and I've been there ever since. And so that okay. was in 2010. And during my time there, I worked patrol. And, you know, to how I got into canine was I was on uh, FTO, field training, and where I had come from, there was no dog program. So I'd never worked around canines yeah, ever. Yeah. And so they had a canine program and I was on FTO. I was on a, on a call and in this particular call, the dog was utilized and got a apprehension out of it. Sure. And at first, you know, the dog's barking, it was kind of chaotic. And, and initially, you know, to be honest, I was a little intimidated yeah, by the yeah, dog. Yeah. Right. And uh, so after it all, all went down, the dog got a, a bite out of it. I was so flabbergasted on just, I was like, holy crap, that's, yeah. that is cool. I, yeah. I want to do that. And so that was my hook into, yeah. into canine. And ever since then, you know, I went to those canine guys and I'm like, whatever I can do, you know, to help out or whatever, I, I want to test to be a dog handler sure. later. And they were real receptive of that. I went out, started going to trainings and donated my own time for about almost three years. Sure. And, uh, you know, put on the bite suit at training and took bites, did, did whatever I could yeah. for the team. And obviously enjoyed decoying at that time. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was fun. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's uh decoying can be a little intimidating at yeah. first when you've never done it. Right. So, yeah. 
Um, and I got to learn a lot about dogs and dogs' behavior um, during the search, actually being the decoy. Absolutely. That's, a, that's the most important part of the training is the, the decoy, I think. so. Yeah, so very valuable. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm very thankful that I did it. I learned a lot, and I learned a lot from the handlers. And so came time to test. Finally, a spot came open, and I put in, and, and I was able to lock down a spot. And so Outstanding. Yeah, so that was uh, in 2014 is when I got on the canine okay. team. And then do you guys do your training in-house or did they send you to a school to get a new dog? Or? So, yeah, I got a new dog, uh, green dog. Um, we had an outside vendor for a trainer yeah. and trained uh-huh. with other agencies. Um, different style of training. Sure. And it really wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't really the direction we wanted to go as a department for our uh-huh. canine program. Yeah. So we ended up going with a new trainer, uh-huh. um, Greg Tawny now. Yeah. Uh, great, great guy. Yep. Um, owns DTAC Canine. So we went on with Greg and, you know, he's a lot of scenario based training. Yeah. Real world type. Yeah. Type stuff, which yeah. is which I, you know, I can't can't say enough how great that is. Um, And so that was kind of my path sure. into canine. Um, sure. And then once I got into canine, it was, you know, I was in my first shooting and then it seemed like every year after that I was in some type of OIS. Yeah. So. And that's, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to guess that's not typical for your agency. It's just seems to some guys and it's same with my agency. I work for a really large agency and there's, you know, a lot of guys who've never been in one and there's other guys who it just seems to attract, you know, so. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's not, not typical. Yeah. So, so you've been in a few, but the one that we were talking about today Mm -hmm. is, you know, the dog played a crucial part in it yeah. and uh, obviously some some lessons learned. So let's just focus on that one. So if you can yep. kind of start from the beginning of that call and, and how things transpired. Absolutely. So, yeah, on this particular day, it was summer, July, and about six in the evening. So then it's hot out where I work. So it's in, you know, 100, sure. 100 degrees. Um, a couple of patrol guys go to an alarm call at a building. They get there. Guy inside the building comes out, sees them. He retreats back in the building. So myself and another canine handler respond out there and we contained this building. It was my partner's turn to get a dog deployment. So I took the back um, with my dog Axel. He does a search inside the building. And um, while we're doing this search, no joke, right across the street is the mall. So um, dispatch puts out over the radio, Hey, we're getting a call of um, a guy in the parking lot of the mall. He may have a gun may have shot the gun off, but the reporting party wasn't sure. Sure. And the guy was walking in the parking lot. So nobody actually even got dispatched to this. We, yeah. It was just kind of a broadcast thing deal. So I'm, I'm standing next to a guy who literally just got off FTO. I think he got off training that week. Yeah. And so I'm having a discussion with him on how to cover a canine handler. Yeah. Right. So I'm trying to teach him and this call comes out. So I, I look at him and I said, hey, you know, we should probably go to that, right? A lot of active shooters nowadays and stuff. And so um, I'm like, hey, we we need to cruise over there. So I asked the handler doing the search, hey, you good? He says, yep. I load up my dog. We start heading over there to the mall. I get into the parking lot and I see the the suspect who matches the description in the call and he's running. He's just full sprint running in the parking lot of the mall towards the the doors of JCPenney's. And my first thought is, I didn't want him to get inside the mall, sure. obviously, because yeah. I don't want to be chasing a bad guy through the mall. That's, that's, that always sucks. So I threw my lights and sirens on, get his attention. Um, he's got nothing in his hands. He's wearing a backpack. Yeah. And he sees us, and he starts running the opposite direction of us through the mall parking lot. So at the end of this, this mall parking lot, there's some businesses, like a restaurant and some yeah. other stuff. So, um, And like I said, it was about 6 or 7 in the evening, so there was a lot of people out. 
he runs through the crowd of people and he runs now out onto a major roadway. So I now go out on the roadway and, you know, I'm lights and stuff for sure on. And he's, he's looking back at me. He's not stopping running. And, you know, as a, as a dog handler, you know, you got to go through that checklist in your head. Hey, am I going to deploy on this guy? Right. What, what do I have? Yeah. So I'm going down that checklist in my head. Um, and so just based on the text of the call him possibly having a firearm, even though I couldn't see it, um, you know, he's not stopping. There's a lot of people out. I had already thought in my head I was going to deploy the dog if, if he wasn't going to stop. Okay. So I end up cutting him off with the car, get out. And, you know, I always preface to canine handlers, especially new ones. Um, you know, it's, it's never jump out of the car and just get your dog out. Exactly. You know? I'm yeah. always, I'm real big on get out, gunfight first. Yeah. Um, assess the situation. So, absolutely. Assess yeah. what you got. You know, you're a cop first, canine exactly. handler second. Exactly. Um, so I get out, I assess what I've got. He stops now. He's probably about three feet in front of me in front of my patrol car. And I'm telling him to get on the ground. He's not listening. And so he ends up turning away from me and just now he's running the opposite direction of me down, down the sidewalk. And so I give him some canine commands. He's not stopping. I get my dog axle out and I deploy the dog. Well, right as I deploy the dog, he doesn't see the dog coming, but he ends up turning and reaching into his waistband uh-huh. and pulls out, pulls out a gun. Okay. And my first thought was when I saw the gun was holy, yeah. holy bleep, yeah. <laughs> that, that's yeah. a big gun. It ended up being a three fifty seven Magnum, Gee. which <laughs> Clint Eastwood's, <laughs> yeah, some dirty hairy action yeah. going on. And I'm like, like not a lot of people are carrying that around, yeah. right? So at least uh, there's no question in your mind at that point of what you're looking oh, at. Oh yeah, it was of, definitely a yeah. gun. Yeah, and so he swings that thing around and starts shooting and. The first couple rounds that he shot um, hit me in the left side of my rib cage, um, mm-hmm. which you know struck my vest. Yeah, yeah, you know I felt it. It felt like someone punched me right in the side of the I can of my rib cage. Yeah. So luckily it wasn't a full-on impact, but um, you know he's shooting. I'm now shooting back at him. Axel has now caught up to him. He goes to engage him. Uh-huh. He the suspect looks down, sees the dog, and boom, fires a round off right in the dog's face and. You know, when when I saw that, it was it was devastating to me sure. because I thought I was probably just, lost your dog. And, yeah, I yeah. assumed that this guy just murdered my dog right yeah. in front of me. Yeah, and all these emotions started going through my head. I was pissed off. I was sad. It was, yeah. um, you know, so the dog ends up going back into traffic. I, I lose sight of him. Yeah, and I'm assuming he's dead. Yeah. yeah. So now the guy, you know, he's so worried about the dog. Now he's focused his attention on the dog, and which saved my ass. Sure. You know, and so. Um, this other officer, you know, I don't want to forget to mention him, the, the guy, the new yeah, trainee yeah. guy, he ends up pulling up and he gets out and now he's, he's returning fire at the suspect sure. as well. So he's focused on the dog. He ends up kind of looping around and going up this little dirt embankment. And I now see the dog out of my peripheral and he's like running up the dirt embankment and reengages the guy. Okay. And I'm like, you know, I, I didn't know. To that. Like, How far crap. away are you guys at, from him? Do you think so I'm probably, or? yeah, I'm probably about 15, 20 feet from the suspect. Yeah. And he's now running up this, this, uh, little dirt hill and it's the front of a business and in front of the business was like a ramp, you yeah. know, for like a wheelchair yeah. access or, or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, Axel engages him on this ramp, bites him in the calf and just pulls him to the ground. Now, now I'm still running up, engaging with him. Sure. And. I see Axel on the bite. I know he's biting him. The guy's down on the ground. 
and you know I'm running up to him. I'm still shooting, and he sits up. The suspect sits up, and he points the the gun right at me, and I'm within probably four feet of him. Uh-huh. And he shoots two two more rounds off at me. How many rounds does this revolver hold? Him? <laughs> yeah, I think it was a six six yeah, shot yeah. revolver. Yeah, um, wow. yeah, yeah. He so ended up firing all all, all six all rounds, them. all of them. Yeah. So, yeah. luckily, those two rounds miss me. And you can see in the video, they go past my head, hit the building behind me, shat, shatter the yeah. window, and then hit the building. Um, and I end up returning fire. The the biggest thing I want to point out to handlers on on this particular scenario was that when the dog, my dog, was engaging the bad guy. Right. And I had to make that conscious decision to shoot him. Put some rounds right towards where the dog's at. Yep. I'm, you know, in my head, that goes against everything you would ever want to do is to shoot your dog. Right. Yeah. And I had, you know, obviously make the decision. It's my life or or his life. Yeah. And I had to make the decision to shoot the bad guy. And in my head, I'm thinking, well, I'm I'm shooting my dog too. Yeah. And that's a, that's a hard thing to do. Absolutely. It's a tough pill to swallow as a dog handler. And that's a con- controversial topic, I think, for for some handlers. I I, I mean, it shouldn't be. It, it should You're right. Be black it shouldn't and be. It, and I've had some some people come to me and they say, "Well, I wouldn't do that." Um, yeah. They'd say they'd probably handle it another way, maybe recall the dog. And it's like, okay, well, in the midst of a gunfight, no, it's yeah. not. That's not practical. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, you know, it's you or your dog, and you know, I don't I don't want to die. Exactly. Know? So, yeah, so I, I end up I, engaging him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he goes down. You know, to be honest, I thought I'd shot the dog. Sure. You know, Joe's returning fire. I retreat back to cover, and I end up, um, my mag goes dry, so I'm having to reload. I run back behind another patrol car that shows up, and I can still see the suspect moving around. I I lost sight of the dog because he's behind a hedge, and uh, I'm telling Joe, my partner, I'm like, he's, I'm like, hey, Axel's, he's hit. He's probably dead. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so it took about maybe a minute or so for the dog to act. I'm recalling him. I'm hitting him on the E. Sure. And I've got a lot of street bites with him. I never had a problem with him outing. Yeah. And he wasn't coming back. Yeah. You know, so in you're, my head, I'm you're thinking, thinking bad. Yeah. Bad time. Yeah. Yeah. So it took about a minute, which doesn't sound like a long time, but, but it's a long time. Oh yeah, absolutely. And finally Axel kind of comes trotting out to me and you know, I'm like, Holy crap, he's alive. Um, I grab sure. him. He's covered in blood. And so I'm like, okay, he shot, but he's not dead. <clears throat> and so, the other handler has now showed up that was doing the search across the street. He showed up and I'm like, Hey man, Axel shot. I knew I had been hit. Yeah. You know, I start stripping off my uniform and that's when I realized it hit my vest. Yeah. So I'm like, we need to get the dog to the vet. Um, sure. We load him up and we blast off to the vet. Um, and it turns out they checked him, scanned him. The dog had never, he Nothing. got nicked in the nose yeah. when the guy shot him point blank originally. Uh, that first round, you know, skimmed off his nose. Sure. Came a little bit of injury on his nose, but at all those shots that were fired, which was a lot, sure. um, never, never got hit. So I, wow. I don't know how, Yeah. Um, but you know, and that's another thing, like I told these guys today in the classes, <clears throat> you know, how many of you raise your hand if you, you all know where your trauma vets are and yeah. a lot of guys didn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, it's a good thing that you should know. Yeah. So if, you know, if you're, if you're a handler listening, you should know where your trauma vets are if they're open 24 hours i mean and that doesn't have to be the vet that your city says to go to if it, no it's whatever's our, closest yeah, in our agency we've had a few instances where we ran to a 24-hour vet that wasn't our regular one 
and the city had no problem paying the bill for that, you know. So, so in my case, yeah, yeah, that's that's what happened. I ended up going to a vet that was closer, but it was in a different city. But where mm-hmm. we were, just yeah. I knew that it was a trauma vet. I knew we were closer, and so that's that's where we went. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they took great care of them. Yeah, um, don't get locked into the thinking no. you got to go to one vet. So. Let's uh, break down a couple of the things that, that we've talked about. Uh, definitely, we're going to talk more about, you know, whether or not shooting at the dog. Uh, I think, you know, we can uh, talk about that. But um, did you do um, much gunfire around your dog beforehand? Yeah, we do. We do um, so, We do quite a bit of gunfire around our dogs during yeah. training. And we have um, blank guns, you know, uh-huh. during training. So if we can't go to the range, we do have blanks. Sure. And we'll shoot blanks during scenario training. So so this was not an unusual event for the dog. I mean, he he reacted the way, you know, that he Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you know, I, I think about it and it's like, you know, you shoot a 357 Magnum point oh, blank absolutely. in a dog's yeah. face, you know, yeah. I'm sure it I'm sure it rang, rung his bell yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um if not deafened him yeah. for and the yeah. time being and um you know, for for the dog to to reengage the suspect after that, I was I mean, you couldn't ask for anything yeah, better, yeah, you know? And, yeah. and I say the dog saved lives that day because, Absolutely. you yeah. know, he, the guy was running toward a crowd of people, yeah. right? So yeah. um, who knows what he was going yeah. to do. Yeah. So he definitely sounds like he saved your life if he oh, for kept, sure. kept the guy busy. Oh yeah. He took so his he, attention off me and started focusing yeah, his attention let on you the dog. Put, put some rounds back yeah. towards him. So it, when it was all done, he shot six rounds and mm-hmm. roughly how many rounds went back his way. So I shot a full mag and that's what, 13 rounds, yeah, you know, yeah. plus, um, after I actually reloaded behind the car, um, I shot three more rounds. So, yeah. So when, and, and when you were the initial one, the dog's on the bite, mm-hmm. you're at, what, 15, 20 feet away. Yeah. We're, so if you can picture this and, and I can show you the video, but, yeah. um, we're literally just running down the sidewalk, zero cover. Yeah. He's shooting back at me and I'm just As shooting at him. Yeah. Yeah, like the wild, wild west, sure. and, and we were—I was probably 15, 20 feet from him. Now, having um, when you're doing that, you're—I mean, I know it's even hard to get a sight picture and all that. My question is on the dog handler part of it. I mean, you're in a fight for your life, your very life. You know your dog's out there. We're all going to be worried about our dog. Mm-hmm. But where where did that stack up in your hierarchy of needs at this point? I would imagine putting some rounds into this guy was way higher than really considering yeah. about the dog. So. Was the dog a distraction to you at all at that point? He wasn't. Um, he was not a distraction to me. Um, and I don't even remember this, but the other officer, he was actually a distraction to the other officer sure, a little bit. Absolutely. Um, the other officer it was t- said that I was giving the dog commands while yeah. shooting at the guy. And, and to be honest with you, I'd like to say, yeah, I remember doing that. I, I don't remember sure. doing that. Yeah. Um, you know, that's just uh, muscle memory. Yeah. But for me, it wasn't not a distraction. What, like I said, I mean, emotionally, it was um, a lot of things were going through my yeah. head. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, someone's but, trying to kill you. So, but as far as returning fire and stuff, you know, like I, I knew what I had to do, and I and yeah. I'd been in this situation before, and so it's like, you know, it's it's yeah. unfortunately it's predator and yeah, prey, absolutely. and you know, so, I have a job to do. So, would you think? Would you say like, did you do some scenario based training before? I mean, you had some experience in officer involved shooting so that's obviously going to help you at that point but um did you do some uh training during your academy uh your your canine academy 
or, or was there some scenario training it during your regular Wednesday night or whatever night you guys train Wednesdays, yeah. things to get you ready for, you know, this exact scenario that, you know, if, you know, the worst case scenario happens, which this clearly was mm -hmm. take care of business. And then we'll worry about the dog later. Cause clearly all of that happened. I don't think it happened by happenstance. So there must've been some training and some, if at the very minimum, you know, crisis rehearsal in your own mind or something. So kind of tell some guys who are listening to this, that maybe are thinking, wow, that's awful. Where should they start? I mean, I'm, in my mind, I think with just mental crisis rehearsal and then go from there. But, but Yeah. So, you know, I travel around and I teach a class and it's surviving deadly encounters. And, um, it, you know, all of it's based on, you know, conditioning your brain to be able to process that amount of stress and, and work through it. Um, and you're right. It all starts with mental, mental sure. preparation. You know, we only get so many training days at, at our department. And I know every department's the same. You, you get, you know, your advanced officer training maybe yeah. a few times a year. Yeah. And that's it. You know, that that's not good enough. And so um canine training, you know, we, we get more, right? We train a couple times a month. Yeah. But it all starts with mental preparation, running these scenarios in your head. You know, honest to God, I've I've probably ran that particular scenario in my head a hundred times. Right. Because sure. I I'm expecting something like to happen. Whether or not it ever does, I don't know. But but when it does and it did, you know, I want to be able to handle it appropriately. So so Men mentally, you're, re you're already you're already there yes. long before this call happened. Yes, I I, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I can't stress mental mental training enough. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. I'll tell you, I went to a um, a, a seminar one time, and they did some fats training, or, uh, you know, with live training with the yeah. fats machine, mm -hmm. and it was cool because this agency lived near a, a, a production company that that makes the videos that you know they buy for that. So they used their own cops and their own dogs and stuff. And they actually set a scenario where you're contacting a dude in between a few houses, suspicious party. The guy turns and he's wearing, he's, uh, he was wearing a concealed sleeve, but they made it a dog deal. So they, they, it fit all the criteria to send the dog. Yeah. The guy caught the dog with his concealed sleeve. Then he lifted the dog straight up, used the dog as cover produced a gun mm -hmm. and then they had the canine officers run that scenario and i mean basically to hit this guy you know in his center mass you're going to hit the dog oh period. for sure period yeah lots of canine guys either tried to hit around the dog yeah. Yeah. tried to maybe take a head shot at the same time rounds are coming back towards you in it yeah i thought it was one of the most outstanding trainings i'd ever seen i ran through it and to be honest my shots i don't think i planned it my shots ended up high above this dog without even, I, it wasn't my plan. Mm -hmm. um, they ended up being okay shots because they were the headshot. But when, you know, to be, when I'm real honest with myself, I, I'm sure I was probably trying to avoid the dog, which was probably not. subconsciously. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. not what, ideally there probably should have been a few right in the center mass. And some days it's dangerous to be a police dog, you know, so. Oh yeah, you know what? And in the way I look at it is, you know, if that, if my dog were to have died or when, when dogs like that die, um, you know, they die a hero exactly. and they'll be remembered forever yeah. as a hero. And it's, that's important to remember as, as a handler, sure. you know, your dog is not dying in vain. Like they're yeah. dying. The they're hero doing, doing their job. what they're supposed to do. Absolutely. That's they, why we have they them. gave you the reactionary gap. Yeah. They put, so I guess, you know, I, I always remember that scenario. I, I wish I could have replicated it, uh, you know, for my own department. Uh, but it, it, what was awesome was it was one of the familiar dogs they had seen. It was their own uniforms. So it was, and when they even ran their patrol officers through it, 
those shots, Scott, you'd think that maybe the canine officers would be less likely to shoot the dog. Yeah. The patrol officers were way less likely. So most of the patrol officers didn't do well. So there could be some training there for our patrol officers to say, hey, take care of business. I'll tell you my own story when my, my very first physical apprehension on the street ended up being in an officer-involved shooting. And um, I think the rounds should have went back towards the suspect faster. Mm-hmm. But uh, the cover officer was worried about where my dog was. And it was like, you know, and I was worried about it too. Right. But as it transpired, it, it ended up everything worked out okay. Um, but I think maybe we, and that was that was part of our SWAT team. So it was a SWAT officer who was well-disciplined, well did a fantastic job. But I know when we when I talked to him, he was a little worried about where my dog was. And it was like, unfortunately, you can't worry about the, where the dog is. You got to take care of business. So. Yeah, you, you brought up a good point. Um, you know, something that I've always done, and we train it in our, in our training group. So I know all of our handlers do it is we do have those discussions with our patrol guys. And, and, you know, I would suggest if you're a handler, have these type of uh, briefing uh, trainings during your briefings, you know, spend 10, 15 minutes and, and um, tell these guys, you know, um, Hey, if, uh, if the dog, if my dog is on a dog bite, okay. And a threat presents itself where you may have to use lethal force. Don't worry about the dog. Exactly. Use lethal force, save yourself, save your partner. Um, don't worry about the dog. Exactly. And, and it's funny you mentioned what you just mentioned about your first deployment and, and the officer, you know, maybe maybe should have delivered rounds a little sooner. And in, in my particular shooting, my cover officer said the same thing. He said that um, when he saw my dog biting the guy, you know, for a, for a fraction of a second, he thought he couldn't shoot the guy because sure. he was worried about yeah. shooting my dog, yeah. right? And me, the handler, I'm sending rounds, yep. right? Yeah. Not even thinking about it. Um, he obviously snapped himself out of that. Sure. And delivered rounds yeah. as he should have but he did admit it he did think about that yeah. you know like yeah. I, I should i be doing this yeah <laughs> right yeah. so yeah it's, having having those discussions and briefing is yeah. huge yeah before before the day that you yes you didn't, <laughs> before have, time, it you didn't have time to discuss it with him then yeah. obviously so i think that's a great lesson and i think it kind of ties into when you said it's a little controversial i don't think it's controversial at all i think it's like i said it's it's dangerous to be a police dog some days uh, some days more than others obviously but I think um, what would be controversial is that people don't do enough scenario-based training, enough decision-making training, and maybe talk about, you know, uh, for instance, one of the things I always tell my handlers when I'm training them, especially the patrol dog, you know, we'll, I'll wait till we're all kind of relaxed. We'll be talking about their dog and how much they like them and what it amount. It's a good-looking dog. And we talk about that a little bit. And then I say, you know, just think for a second and Think of him out in the middle of the street, flopping around, screaming in pain, and in the worst, the worst nightmare you can possibly think of with him, with some rounds in him, and get that, you know, have that your mindset because if it happens, I don't want you to freak out. I want yeah. you to take care of business. And I think, you know, there's some pretty good documented times where dogs have done what they should do. Like I say, they've been the hero dog. Handlers have then chased him out to try to help the dog, and then also maybe been shot or injured or whatever so yeah. it's a it's a good thing to think about beforehand and try to get Absolutely. ready and clearly clearly you are well prepared for it so yeah you know i mean you can only be as prepared as 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 you possibly can for something like that you can never obviously you know you can never replicate uh real world stuff in training sure. you know we try our best but um you know when it comes down to it it's just impossible so you ever rehearse it in your head, have those discussions with your patrol teams, let, let these guys know. And, and, you know, we, we, we take it a step further and we'll, we'll do a patrol training day where we'll bring our dogs out, bring the patrol officers out. We'll put them on a decoy and do a yeah. scenario like what you just talked about, where they present a gun, 
And, you know, we're seeing who's going to return fire yeah. and who's not. Yeah. And, and you'd be surprised. A lot of a lot of officers sit there and they say, drop the gun, drop the gun, drop over yeah. and over and over yeah. and over and over. And it's like, hey, it's, no, he's not dropping the gun. He's not dropping the gun. Yeah. And if you if you even want to give him one command when someone's pointing the gun at you, like you yeah. do you. But, yeah. you know, that might even be one too yeah, many. Exactly. So getting in that that repetitive drop the gun, drop the gun yeah. um, is, is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, those are those are really good lessons. So. I always keep these uh, podcasts around 20 or 30 minutes. Yep. So kind of summing up everything. Um, is there anything we haven't hit on on this particular, uh, you know, that you want to? No, I mean, I think that there? hits on it. What, what, the, the one thing I like to drive home to handlers, especially new handlers, is 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 the fact that, hey, you know, the, the number one thing that gets handlers killed or other officers killed is chasing the bite. And exactly. that's when you're just constantly chasing the dog bite. Yep. You know, there's been officers in, in the region I work that have been handlers that were shot and killed because, um, you know, they're just chasing the bite. Yeah. And that is a dangerous place to be operating yeah. in. Yeah. And when you're saying chasing the bite, it's trying to deploy the dog into a situation that's yeah, not a dog deal. That's it. not a dog deal. It's Yeah. yeah. And, and, and another thing is, you know, just because sometimes it may be a situation where you can deploy exactly. the dog, you know, should you deploy the exactly. dog? Not, exactly. Not, the dog is part of the solution. He's never the solution. Exactly. Um, yeah. So if you're operating in that, you know, chasing the bite, you're feeling like you just you got to get a dog bite to prove yeah. yourself or, or whatever. You know, you're operating in a dangerous zone. Yeah. yeah. And, and like I told the class this morning, listen, you're going to get dog deployment. Just let it happen. Okay? Exactly. And, yep. and let it be natural and organic. Yeah. Don't force it. It's That's yeah. a dangerous area to be operating in. Yep. And like I said earlier, um, you know, we are cops first and dog handlers second. Yep. Um, that's important. Yeah. And I, what's what's really cool about our whole profession is this is the first time you and I have ever talked today. Yeah. We are on exactly the same page. And I think you came by one of the scenarios that we had set up. Some of the terminology you just used was the same stuff I was using. We had a decision-making scenario set up. We talked about, you know, if if they would have sent the dog, we had a suspect who ran. And we talked about don't let the dog dictate your tactics. You know, don't chase the dog. You know, stop, slow things down. So we're on the same page. I think most people are. Um, but it's always good to, to kind of reiterate those, you know, those basic principles and, and maybe get guys to think about, you know, what can I do for my next training day? So set up something, you know, try to replicate in some fashion, you know, the, the awful situation you just described that you went through and, and maybe yeah. t- take something away from it and learn from it. Yeah. So. Set up some high stress, you know, induced training. We do a lot of that and, um, you know, condition your brain to be able to, to work through stress. I mean, handlers get sucked into, into scenarios where it's like, yeah, you shouldn't, shouldn't have deployed on that, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, cops get in this um, this mindset of just wanting to rush things, right? And it's like, no, yep. there's very few times that we actually have to rush anything, yep. right? And like, I mean, very few. And, yep. um, you know, guys are getting killed across the nation because they're just rushing into things yep. and, and they shouldn't be. Yeah. One of the things I, I do a lot of classes like this one of the things I'll hear from some of the guys is say, well, I don't work for an agency as big as yours. I don't have all those tools. Yeah, I, hear and that. I, yeah. I tell them you have the, the best tactical tool is time. Mm-hmm. We have an unlimited supply of that. Yeah, we do get cover. And let, now let's kind of look at what, what our options are. So yep, I tell guys, same thing. You, you need something from another agency. I don't care if you work at a small department, they if you need come. it, the, yep. people, cops will drive from very yeah. far away to come help. Exactly. You. you can always get it. Yeah. So. Agencies say we don't have a helicopter. You've got a helicopter. Whether, it's somewhere. Yep. It, Just ask be, for it. it. I guarantee it. If it's, yes. if it's good enough, you'll have everything. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great point. So 
Um, I appreciate it, Kyle. I know yeah, uh, sure. we'll talk for a real quick second. I know you have a podcast you you said you just recently started yep. doing. So w- tell me about your podcast. Yeah. So um, a buddy of mine, he's a on a fugitive task force team. Great guy. Um, you know, I've been kind of wanting to do a podcast for a while. And so I, we finally kicked it off. It's, it's called uh, Shots Fired Podcast. And really, it's a podcast for all first responders, uh, military, sure. um, police, fire, medics. So, sure. um, you, you know, you can find it on any podcast platform. Um, I think we have six or seven episodes out now, but it's on YouTube. We, okay. we video it. Um, so uh, it's Shots Fired Podcast. We interview guys that have a cool cool story to share sure. or, you know, talk about mental health and, and post-trauma for cops. I'm, I'm very big so. into that. Um and then, you know, I have a website, uh, kyleshoberg.com, and that's where, you know, I you can find me if you want to host a class that I teach. Okay. Um, it's called Surviving Deadly Encounters. Okay. Go ahead. Eight, Do me a favor and just uh, yep. spell out your, your first and second yep. name so guys can take a quick note. Yeah. And so, I'll put it in the show notes, too. Okay. But. Yeah. So it's K-Y-L-E-S-H-O-B, as a boy, E-R-G.com. Um, and then you can always find me on Instagram. It's Kyle underscore Schoberg. Okay. And uh, I give, I'm always giving updates on when I'm doing my next class. Um, I have a few coming up in Arizona and a couple in Oregon. Outstanding. Yeah. So um, it's an, they're eight-hour courses. Um, and like I said, it's all about, you know, how to survive sure. these types of encounters and conditioning sure. yourself to, to manage it. Yeah. And I'll just – one final question here is uh, when you became a cop and you said mm-hmm. you were in that small agency, you didn't ha- – you had no idea you were going to be an expert on – no, I mean, it's funny how careers work, right? You probably not in never, a million years. Never planned on being yeah. a, a dog handler, probably, and that worked out pretty good. And then now you're an expert yeah. in surviving encounters simply by the luck or unluck of the draw, I guess. Yeah, you know, and I, yeah, no, never in a million years did I ever think I'd be in the position I'm in. Um, that's for sure. But, you know, I've accepted it. And a lot of people ask me why I haven't quit. Yeah, you know, they're like, oh, you've paid your dues. And, and um, there was a period of time where I considered that and I sought treatment and got some therapy. Um, some yeah. post-trauma therapy, which I'm, I push hard on. And, um, it, you know, the way I look at it is if, if, you know, if I have the ability to help other, other officers, um, then, you know, I'm going to stay in the game and, and do my best to take my experience and pass it on to others because how else is anybody supposed to learn? Man, I, I sure appreciate doing that. And I, you yeah. know, I, I think, uh, like I said, you've, you've been unlucky in my opinion to have to go yeah. through all that, but, yeah. uh, but at least you're taking it and you're, you're going to make, you know, as much positive out of it. So I personally thank you for, yeah, for absolutely. Thank so, you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for coming on today. I'll put all your information in the show notes and uh, we will touch base. I'm sure. Cool. Thanks I'll for having pick me. Pick your brain more. Thanks. Thanks.